This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This is Small Biz Spotlight, featuring up-close interviews with small business leaders and entrepreneurs across America. And now, here's your host, David Wolf. The book is Getting Over Going Under, The Five Things You Must Know Before Anesthesia. Our guest is Dr. Barry Friedberg, MD. He's the author and creator of the Friedberg Method of Anesthesia. Dr. Friedberg has revolutionized the way anesthesia is used in surgical settings and otherwise on an international scale. He's a prolific writer, passionate speaker, and the founder of a nonprofit organization called the Goldilocks Foundation. Joining us on the line from his offices in Los Angeles to tell us what the Friedberg Method is, how it works, and why you need need to know about it is Dr. Barry Friedberg. Barry, welcome to the program. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here. During your early years as a professional in anesthesiology, you came to discover, as you uh, shared with me, some routine procedures and widely accepted practices around anesthesia that disturbed you. What did you see? Well, mostly it was the unpleasant side effects from typical types of anesthesia, people being sick to their stomach afterwards and also requiring powerful narcotic-type medication to control pain after surgery. Okay, so as a result of this, you started or made a decision to become what I'll call the voice of changing the way anesthesia is done, uh, the formation of the Goldilocks Foundation. What was the turning point for you that drove you to want to suddenly take a leadership position in all of this? Well, about two years ago, I had to have my, my hip replaced. And although I wasn't terribly concerned about how the surgery was going to go, I was vitally concerned about what the anesthesiologist could do to my brain. So I made sure that I found somebody who was willing to measure my brain with a brain monitor uh, as opposed to the vital signs. And I realized then that if I, a veteran of giving anesthesia to other people, uh, for 31 years was afraid of anesthesia. Probably other people had fears of anesthesia. And as it turns out, there's a recent survey, very recent survey by the American Society of Anesthesiologists that says 75% of the people they asked expressed fears of anesthesia and 25% said they would be willing to postpone their surgery because they were so afraid of the anesthesia. What is it about anesthesia? Just the idea of getting to a near-death place and then being brought back by someone and having no control? I mean, is that basically it? Or, or that's my own intuitive no, answer. I, but I, I think I think primarily it's the the movie Coma that that's been sensationalized about yeah. having somebody awake under anesthesia, anesthesia awareness, and not being able to speak or move to tell people that they were awake. That's gotten the majority of the media attention. But in the five things you must know before anesthesia, the bigger issue for 99.9% is the negative risks of being over-medicated. 
over medication with anesthesia happens as a routine without a brain monitor. And it means that 30 to 40 percent of people who leave the hospital have a period of delirium that lasts days, weeks, or months. Uh, one person every day dies from anesthesia over medication, but the most tragic issues are the people who wake up with an Alzheimer's-like dementia that doesn't go away. Mm. I, I was just recently interviewed by uh, Harris Faulkner from Fox News, and at the end of the show, when we were talking about the dementia issue, we closed the interview, and as soon as the interview was over, the cameraman ran over to me and grabbed my arm and says, oh my God, that's exactly what happened to my mother. She fell wow. down, she broke her hip, and then when she woke up from, from surgery, she was never the same for the 13 months that she lived. She had to go to a nursing home at a, at a cost of $80,000, and I said, well, don't you think it would have been a much better investment for the anesthesiologist to have put that $20 sensor on her forehead to keep from over-medicating her? says, yeah, I really wish I'd known then what I knew now. Yeah. So at the core of this, Barry, it sounds like it's, it's the, you recognized, at the, back to the beginning, you recognized that uh, anesthesiologists were simply monitoring vital signs rather than brain activity. And the brain is the thing that we, quote, put to sleep during surgery. Do I have it right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, the brain monitor, of course, doesn't relieve you of the responsibility of watching the vital signs. But what you have to understand is the cardiogram and the blood pressure and the pulse oxygen, uh, oxygen sensor tell you everything you want to know about your body from the neck down. And as you rightly point out, the anesthetics are given from the neck up. That's that's where the action is. That's where Sutton's Law says the money is. And there's no reason not to use this technology except for the lack of incentives on the part of both the hospital and the anesthesiologist. We're going to get to the book in just a moment. But there's another feature that uh, is uh, encompassed in the Friedberg method, and that is what you call the nifty 50. Tell us how that works, what it is, and, and why it's important. Yes. Well, one, thank you for asking. The, the nifty 50 refers to the dose of ketamine, which is 50 milligrams, uh, three minutes before the surgical stimulation, which provides a niftier, uh, not at all subtle improvement in patient outcomes. The nice thing is with the brain monitor, you get a reproducible level of propofol below which you can give the ketamine with none of the bad side effects that have caused two generations of anesthesiologists to basically avoid the drug. And yet you get all the good effects, which is not sending a pain signal to the patient's brain. And when anesthesiologists express skepticism, I usually say, well, if you're still giving your patients narcotics for postoperative pain and I'm using Tylenol, clearly I'm doing something very, very different. If you're just joining us, we're visiting with Dr. Barry Friedberg. He's the author of Getting Over Going Under, The Five Things You Must Know Before Anesthesia. He's the uh, creator of the Friedberg Method of Anesthesia and the Goldilocks uh, non-for-profit organization to help get the word out to uh, patients about all of this. Barry, the website, please, if you would. drbarryfriedberg.com. I often say doctor and people try to spell it out. It's just dr. BarryFriedberg.com. No dots, dashes, or anything like that. All right, terrific. The book is getting over going under. Tell us about how you approached its content and the structure. Well, primarily, uh, I had my first book was written for the anesthesia profession, and that was published three years ago by Cambridge University Press. Goldilocks Press has published this book, and I wanted this to to reach out to the general public in, in lay terminology. There's enough technical language in there that people will know that it was written by a physician, but everybody who's read the book who's not a medical person has been wildly enthusiastic about it, said, yeah, I got what you were saying. It was very easy to understand. Yeah. And so the language was deliberately 
uh, downscaled. Uh, there's no collegiate-type vocabulary there that's going to cause people to have to run to their dictionary to say, what does that mean? What kind of word did he use? Mm-hmm. And so it's readily understood. It's put in a print, a font style that my ophthalmologist recommended because the majority of people who will be interested in this book are over 50. So it's a simple font. It's nicely spaced out. It's available in print and Kindle download form as well as audio form. Uh, audio format. Excellent. And it's already up online on Amazon and all the places we know to find these uh, formats? At least right now it's on Amazon. I have pitched at Barnes & Noble and Costco about carrying the book, and I'm waiting for their response. Excellent. We're sitting together just for a time reference in, uh, what is it, uh, mid to late September of 2010, just so folks know. One of the fascinating elements I found, Barry, was was this idea of the patient's bill of rights. And, and this may be something that's well known within the medical community, but I wasn't aware of it. What do most patients not know about their rights? And beyond that, uh, you offer many suggestions about how to effectively communicate with a surgeon. So a two-part question there. Well, maybe I can give you a two-part answer. Basically, it's a step-by-step uh, listing of what your rights are as a patient. And what I hope the book will do will educate people to understand that the only one who's going to have to deal with the long-term consequences of their short-term surgery and anesthesia care is they, the patient. And if they don't look out for themselves, monitoring their brain directly isn't going to happen. This is your right as an informed and educated patient slash consumer. And so the, the chapters involved with those detail exactly what your rights are and exactly how to go about securing them. Okay, very good. And you also offer some very relevant advice about, I'll call it the emotional side of of what it means to communicate um, effectively with a medical professional. Many people are intimidated by the whole notion of telling their doctor how to administrate care, particularly surgeons. If you could, just tell us a little bit about the dynamics there and, and, and how we can communicate more effectively. Well, my favorite quote of late is a quote by the the legendary Louis Pasteur who says that luck favors only the prepared mind. So the book enables you with information to prepare your mind uh, for the scenarios that you're going to face when you talk with your surgeon after you've gotten over the main question, which is, doctor, do I really have to have this surgery? Okay, now that I have to have this surgery, how do I make sure that I wake up the same person I was when I went to sleep? Yeah. Uh, namely, having all of the same mental marbles that I had when I went to sleep. And I use the class of marbles as a visual in my TV appearances. The book is Getting Over Going Under. Barry Friedberg has been our guest. He's the author. He's also the founder of the non-for-profit educational foundation called the Goldilocks Foundation. Proceeds from the book go to support this, this not-for-profit enterprise. Okay, so all the proceeds from the book go to support the Goldilocks Foundation. That I did not know. That's beautiful. Yes, that's the last line on the on the copyright page that nobody ever reads except the people who put the book together. <laughs> okay, thanks for that, Barry. And if you would once more, uh, give us the website where we can get more information about the Goldilocks Foundation and the information in the book. Well, there is GoldilocksFoundation.org. And about the book, it's drbarryfriedberg.com. D-R-B-A-R-R-Y-F-R-I-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. No dots or dashes. Dr. Barry Friedberg, thanks for joining us on the program. You're welcome, Dave. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Small Biz Spotlight, up-close interviews with small business leaders and entrepreneurs across America. For more information about our guests or to subscribe, visit smallbizamerica.com.
Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.